0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis,
1: and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears, the first ever in-season Hard Knocks featuring the Indianapolis Colts. You guys know we had to come in and break it down on the For the Culture Podcast. The visual, the audiovisual stuff that NFL Films and HBO are able to put together is out of this world. It's state-of-the-art, top-notch quality, so... It was pretty dope, and to see our team on the first ever in-season Hard Knocks, really, really cool to be able to see some of the -the behind-the-scenes stuff with the family going into their house with the camera and getting the guys like Carson Wentz, Darius Leonard, playing with their kids, talking to their wives, Carson Wentz having a baby, another baby, his second child, on this episode. Really, really cool in-depth stuff on top of the football aspect of it. So it was cool, Jason, and... I'm not a huge Hard Knocks guy, not going to lie, but when your team's on it, you got to watch it, especially in season. So this is different. It's unique. It's pretty cool. I don't think we'll be reviewing these episodes weekly, but for at least the premiere, we got
0: to give our thoughts, right, Jason? No doubt, man. And it's like you said, I mean, I'm not a huge hard, Hard Knocks guy. You know, some of them are better than others, but just seeing the Colts in that national spotlight is cool because we've never really seen that. I would have paid to have had this done when Grigson and Pagano were here just oh. for the sheer hilari- for the sheer hilarity of it all because I'm sure it would have been just an absolute train wreck to watch it, but funny at the same time because we knew they were going to get oh, fired. Spoosh. So guys, <laughs>
1: the <spoosh>. Our spoofs <laughs> I mean,
0: our spoofs would have went viral if the Colts were
1: on in-season hard knocks during the Pagano era. Oh, I wish, man.
0: I, I dude the, the, especially like the lat like 2016 when it was Groundhog's all just day like, oh my god dude all those <laughs> pressers i mean but like as far as this one goes like it was cool to see i like one thing luke and i are kind of different about on this is he's more of a he wants to see the behind the scenes like with the family so you can kind of humanize as the players and, and i agree with that because i think a lot of times fans don't look at them as People, they just see football players. And, and and I think that is actually good for fan bases and fans in general to see players like that. So they just don't look at them as like, you know, almost droids and not real human beings. But for me, I'm more of a, you know, kind of a football nut. So I wanted to see more you know, meeting room stuff, more behind the scenes stuff, more, you know, coaches stuff and, and how they break down film. And maybe we will see that a future show. I mean, there's, I think there's eight shows or nine shows, so hopefully we'll see more of that. But I do think in a way, even though I don't really like the premise of showing that, you know, it's not my thing, you know, as far as seeing like behind the scenes, I do think it is good and smart to show that because I think it helps fans understand. And, and I think a lot of times fans, are very very hard on these guys and and i've been hard on them too but i think sometimes they take it a little too far with the personal stuff and i think it's good to see them in this environment because you see okay these people are just like me they just play a professional sport and are in the spotlight a lot more than i am but they're still human beings so luke and i kind of differ on that but as a whole i i understand why they do that and i think it's probably better that they do that than just go all football all the time that that, you know which is what I want I think in the end it probably works out better that way and in this show we saw Carson with his family Darius with his family you saw Kelly and Glowinski have their gender reveals at the stadium which is pretty cool so yeah I mean for a first show you know it was okay I didn't think it was super entertaining but you know I think it it just kind of set the groundwork for where they're going to go from here
1: yeah I mean I really liked that I thought it was good I'm into also forget about the behind the scenes stuff, which we might differ on. I'm big into cinematic shots and there was a shot, I guess it was before the Jags game when it was snowing that they did over the window of Lucas oil stadium that just blew me away. So I love, yeah, I love stuff like that. And I went to school for that kind of stuff. So, I'm really into that. And the music, I thought the music was really good and the transitions were really good. The only thing that sucks is we're sitting at five and five. We got off to that awful start. I did like that this kind of started. Like, of course, we have to fill everybody in on what happened up to the Jaguar week. But I like that they kind of just ran through it and then started with the Jags week as the first game that they actually kind of went through first to fourth quarter. Because I could not, right now in week 10, 11, wherever we are, review the entire game right now of Seattle and the Rams and both Titans games. So, I was glad they started. Okay, we'll fill you in, but now we're going to get to the Jaguar week, and then next week we'll get to the Bills week. And we'll just go now chronologically with the Colts week after week. It's also super impressive how quickly they put this together. With all that footage they had from Sunday against the Jaguars, Monday, Tuesday, today's Wednesday, right? Yep. That's crazy. That's fast. And they had footage of Wentz like, going to the hospital and stuff with his baby being born. He had a daughter yesterday. Congratulations to Carson Wentz, his wife, who was a big character in this show today. So you know, She had a lot of lines. And the daughter, the older daughter, big sister, they went to their house, and she was a primary – role. She played a primary role in this episode of Colts in season hard knocks, but it was crazy to me how quickly they put this whole thing together. So I like that. And I really do like the behind the scenes because I think back a couple weeks ago, the Colts lost a game. I don't even remember what game it was, but I think Julian Blackman was posting that he was getting death threats and these crazy. And I know most people like 99 out of a hundred people hear that and they're taken back and they're, thinking to themselves you're a lunatic these are human beings everybody does know that but I like that when you see it like this it really takes it to another level it's like wow he sits on the couch with his kids and plays with them after going to work just like we do and he does this just like we do and they do that just like we do and the kid drinks Sprite and it's like wow it really humanizes them and then even to see Darius Leonard's wife in the press box and to see her reaction when Darius is laying on the turf holding his ankle, it gives such a different perspective and how the other wives all also, they can reciprocate what that feels like. Obviously Wens's wife came over to her and she knows all about injuries and everything that Carson's went through in his career. So I thought that bond between the wives was cool. It didn't feel catty or anything like that. And even the kids had a cute little moment where, the one kid was saying, I think my daddy's going to score a touchdown. The other kid was like, no, my daddy's going to score a touchdown. So I like stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Luke, I actually thought the stars of the show were the kids. Like I thought wince's daughter was super cute and very sweet. And, and then also Darius's kids. Very, very sweet. I, I thought they were the stars of the first show. They were really great. That's you're right, man. It humanizes them and, you know like you said most fans know that these guys are human beings and they they act they act accordingly but there's always you know those exceptions those those morons that do stupid things like send you know threats and all that other stuff and and I think I don't know if this helps somebody like that they're probably too nuts to even That's I mean true. whatever but well, but I mean what, it's Jason, just
1: the more we talk about it to me it's not even To humanize them, to show people, look, they're human. I think at the end of the day, most sane, rational, normal people do realize that they're also human beings. So, and then, like you said, the lunatic that's going to send a death threat via DMs or whatever on Twitter, Instagram, their mind's probably not going to be changed by this. To me, it's not about humanizing them and having me, like, realize they're a human. I just like seeing it. I just think it's cool. I think it's cool to get that inside perspective. I mean, think about some of the families like the Kardashians. Who the hell cares about the Kardashians? Well, apparently millions of people because they tune in every week and they've become millionaires off the show. Sometimes, you know, some of them are billionaires because of that show. So people like that inside access to people's lives and being cult fans and being fans of a lot of these players or all these players, it's cool to get the access into their lives specifically and to be able to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. So I really like that
0: aspect. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And and just to get into the football aspect of it, I I thought it was funny that like one of the first scenes was Frank talking about winning the division. (laughs) I know Jason, when I saw that (laughs) like No, when I saw that, I was
1: thinking they're going to start in August and they're going to go through all these losses. And I was like, I'm going to hate this episode. At that point, I thought the entire episode was just going to be the Seahawks lost, the Rams lost, the Titans lost. I was like, I cannot sit through all of this right now. But thankfully, the tone did change. But man, that was going to be tough, especially because he's talking about winning the division. I'm like and beating teams in the division. I'm like, what? we're already 0-2 against the Titans, and the division is pretty much a wrap. At this point, we're going to have to root for the Titans to beat a couple of these bubble teams for the wild card. So it's over, over. I mean, we're at the point now where I don't even care if the Titans are playing a team from the NFC. It doesn't really matter to me. In a week or two, I'm probably going to be rooting for them to beat one of the teams we're battling with to get into the playoffs.
0: That's true. You know, I didn't think, I thought, I figured that they were going to start with, I thought maybe like, yeah, I thought they were going to start with the Jags game. I, I figured they would give some kind of synopsis of mm-hmm. the league, you know, what we've done so far as a team. I was shocked they left that quote in though about winning the division because it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't make any sense when you know what, like where we're at now. Um, obviously every team's goal at the beginning of the year is is to win the division and get into the playoffs and all that but that's out the window for us yeah. so but I you know just getting into the football aspect man I'll tell you who I really love as a coach and and I've I talked guess. about him before you you already know dude I've I'm talked gonna say about Bubba him. yeah Bubba Bubba is unbelievable he's I think he's a guy in a couple years that is going to be a head coaching candidate because I really think special teams coaches have a really good grasp of the entire roster and who can play special teams. You look at a guy like John Harbaugh, the way he's really, I mean, he's really the guy that, you know, he goes from a special teams coach to one of the best coaches, if not the best coach. I mean, it's, it's not better than Belichick, but one of the best coaches, probably a top five coach in the NFL. I mean, he cut his teeth as a special teams coach. Bubba is, on all the details, and it was—I mean—you saw him breaking down film of the of the, the Jags punt protection and where the, they were leaky and where we'd be out. Uh, you know, the Colts would have chances to get, you know, make plays. And he literally said, "Z, you're going to have a chance to make a play." He said, "Every guy is going to have a chance to play, make a play, but Z, you're the guy." Like he's—he knew Zaire was going to have yep. a chance to make a play, and that that play won them the game. That's how important special teams are. We always talk about like you got to win all three phases. It can't be one. It can't be two. You got to win all three and special teams is very important and it's very important to the Colts. And you saw, you know, how much of an impact it could have. And it was cool seeing, you know, him kind of break down the film and talk to the guys about, you know, where we could attack the Jaguars on special teams. And I thought they did an outstanding job showing that and, you know, how it came to fruition in the game. It was just cool to see. No doubt. That's the play of the game. If you take away those seven points
1: off the block punt, we score 16 points. We give up 17 points. We could very well lose this game without the block punt. And I love how Bubba called out Zaire Franklin. He didn't just say we could get a block punt this game. He said Z, I think. I think he called out Zaire Franklin specifically in that meeting. And the Colts obviously get the block punt. EJ speed to the house for six, tack on the extra point. And that really was the difference in the game now one of my favorite parts was the transition hbo did from the we will rock you in the locker room when ursay starts banging the table (laughs) into the actual song we will rock you by queen i thought that was dope but i had two problems with it one was that they led into the titans game that's the biggest loss of the season why would you start the we will rock you in a loss, a demoralizing loss where you blow a lead, a 14 point lead, against a division rival, which could turn out to be the difference in the division this year. That was my first problem. And my second problem was Urse didn't know the beat to we will rock you. <laughs> Urse was doing this. This was way this is what Urse was doing. <laughs> That's not the we will rock you beat. It's oh my god, doo, doo, ch, doo, doo, <laughs> ch. and Urse was doing <laughs> do do
0: do 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 Oh, Luke, that was hilarious. It was sorry. so freaking funny. I'm sorry. I know I'm gonna catch shit for this, but I thought that was so corny, dude. Oh my god. Like I I know. What trans- No, it was only corny because he didn't get
1: the melody right. Well that's that's half of being corny, dude. If you're going to Yeah, gonna but like if he you... nailed it, it would have been fire. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just uh, he, he There's me a big up. difference between dooch dooch
0: and do do do. Oh man. I thought for me the po- most poignant part and probably the most interesting part of the whole thing was was Chris Ballard talking about John yes. Taylor, yeah, and
1: and, and the uh, and the shot he took at Frank Reich. Did you hear that?
0: Yeah, I, of course I heard Bro. it, it's, and we've been preaching this on the show, man. I we know. need to get Chris Ballard on. I think he's, I want to know Chris- when that was. Like, what week was that?
1: Because that was a, del- in my opinion. We don't know this for a fact. In my opinion, that was a deliberate shot at Frank Reich for his run-to-pass splits in the two Titans games. He said to the running back coach, he said, I keep telling Frank, he's, talking about Jonathan Taylor, a top-five playmaker in the league. The fact that you have to tell your head coach, your offensive-minded head coach, who calls the plays, that his running back that's leading the league in rushing is a top five playmaker in the league is a massive problem. That is a massive, massive problem. Nobody's going to Andy Reid and telling him that Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are top playmakers or that Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. You don't need to tell Belichick who his best players are. The right. fact that you had to have a conversation or even just say it walking down the hallway. Hey, by the way, Jonathan Taylor is the top five playmaker in the league. That's to me, that's
0: a problem. I mean, it, it's crazy because everyone, it's like everyone sees it but him. And that's not a good sign because it's obvious, you know, and we've talked about it ad nauseum on the show about how we think the offense should always run through 28, 21 and 11. I mean, those three guys should be on the field the most and Jonathan Taylor is the best of all three. He's the best he's the best running back in the game right now. And so I I uh, dude, I, I bet Chris Boward has been very frustrated especially after those two Titan games with the way that we uh, I don't even I guess you could say the lack of of getting the ball to our playmakers especially taylor and i I just hope frank figures it out before it's too late this year this year you know what i mean i hope he realizes that the best way for this team to go to the playoffs moving forward is by leaning on 28 keeping teams like we're going to play this week with that quarterback off the field eating clock keeping our defense off the field that's the way to the playoffs. If And if we don't do that and we start, you know, throwing the ball. When we throw the ball over 40 times, Luke, there's a good chance we're not winning the game. Mm-hmm. That's that's my opinion. I think the more you put on Carson Wentz, the worse he plays. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But as far as I'm concerned, that statement from our GM speaks volumes.
1: Oh, absolutely. Especially the fact that he has to even say something to the head coach. Now, hopefully, Reich has kind of learned his lesson now, and he did give Taylor a big workload in the last game. But, excuse me, it's absolutely a concern that that conversation even needs to be had. Now, there was a couple other things I thought were really cool. I love the Wentz and Reich backstory. We already knew the story, but there was some footage in there that I hadn't seen from 2017, the draft process. I saw, or at least I heard back when we made the trade for Wentz, the story about the Bible verse and it being his background picture. So I knew all that, but there was some footage there about that, that I never seen, which I liked a lot. Some of that Eagle history they have together. The family stuff was really good. Oh, there was one moment I was watching with my brother and Reich was talking about Wentz. and not to make this a bash Reich show, but he was talking about Wentz and he started listing like all the great qualities about him. And he said, he's gritty. And oh, me and my brother turned to each other and we made eye contact like, holy shit, never use that word. The G word, the G word is worse than the F word, the C word, the G word is the worst word you could use.
0: Yeah, I don't want to hear any combination of the word gritty passion or determination ever again. Even
1: the mountain thing, to be honest, Reich has probably done the mountain diagram now for four straight seasons. And we're nowhere near climbing that mountain to where we want to be.
0: No, no. No, I think coaches sometimes get carried away with that crap. Like, I I think sometimes players tune that out if you hear it too much. I mean, I couldn't imagine being a – could you imagine – and I'm not trying to take people back to PTSD land, but could you imagine being on the team for six years listening to that same bullshit? Can you imagine Chuck in those (laughs) meetings – I mean, if saying Chuck, that, like, if Chuck, Chuck had. You know, <laughs> you know, Chuck went into that. You know, remember when he pulled out the grit poker chip? You know, he went in oh. to that meeting, the team meeting with that grit poker chip like he was the shit. I, uh, like do you know, he,
1: <laughs> you know what I was thinking when I was watching that? When Ray had the mountain on the projector, when he had that mountain, yeah, yeah, I was thinking yeah. of Chuck bringing in a baking soda volcano. Listen, guys, oh. we're the baking soda. <laughs> We gotta go in there and erupt like lava in a volcano, guys. Listen, guys, that's what it takes. <laughs> All fifty-three of us, like hot lava spilling out, <laughs> bursting. Oh, and then Ur, and then Ursa stumbling and, hey man, <laughs> can can you guys believe it? <laughs> Another season of Colts football.
0: Boom, 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 boom. boom, With- boom. Boom! Boom! With boom! The, with with like the like the the liquor in the in the uh, bag, the bagged liquor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh man, that those were whoo. Those six years, thank God for they're over because that yeah. was. Oh, that I was also bad.
1: tweeted Jason while I was watching it that Greg Doyle is probably right oh, now yeah, as we're watching this typing an article, writing an article about Carson Wentz being a bad parent because he's not wearing a mask with his family God, in I, the living
0: room. Uh, I'm sure that'll be out tomorrow. First thing, (laughs) there's nothing worse than narrative driven journalists. It's Doyle. That's Doyle. I mean, Doyle, dude, at one point, I swear to God, in the span of like 10 days, he went from, you know, Carson's a bad teammate, Carson's the, you know, Carson is the worst teammate to, you know, Carson is going to be the difference on this team. And then back to Carson is. You know, when he got hurt back to Carson is killing the Colts. So he's going to cost him that like it's just he's all over the place. He he's a prisoner of the moment journalist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like everything changes from day to day with him. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, you're, you're right. He's probably going to write an article about that. I wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> it would not shock me. It really wouldn't. He
1: wouldn't about Carson being around the team all day and about going out and traveling and getting on airplanes and going home unvaccinated and not wearing a mask. That is totally something Greg Doyle would write about. I was also saying this week because there was a chance that Carson's wife, who actually came to the game and was at the Jaguar game, there was a chance that she would go into labor and have the baby during the Colts-Jags game last weekend, and Wentz was asked about it, and he said, I talked to my wife and I'm going to play. And I was joking, but it's not really that much of a joke because I could totally see this being reality, that Greg Doyle had two articles ready. One, that Carson Wentz is a bad teammate because he missed the game for the birth of his child. And article number two, Carson Wentz is a bad father because he missed the birth of his child for the game. There's always that. two sides to the same coin with a guy like Greg Doyle. And it's like, heads I win, tails you lose. Carson could never win with me because no matter what he does, I'll always be on the flip side to pick which side is right and which side is wrong. And Carson will always be on the wrong side because you could always change the perspective of the situation when you're the journalist, which is the power
0: of a journalist, and it's abused by a-holes like Greg Doyle. Yeah, I mean, I let all that COVID shit go at the end of the summer. I mean, it is what it is. You can have your opinion one way or the other. He's made his opinion known. He doesn't have to keep making, you know, writing the same article, you know, and rewriting the same article 50 different ways. We all know how he feels about it. He's entitled to his opinion, as we all are. You know, I personally. Think he should get vaccinated? Luke doesn't give a shit, and that's fine. And we don't hate each other because we have differing opinions. Yeah. And, and at least Carson I, told the truth, and he didn't lie like Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, he didn't lie. You know, he, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, it is what it is. You move on, and and I I just hate how, you know, he's just it, people just keep going back to. You know the the that type of stuff and it's not that i mean it's just not something that you have to keep pounding into someone's head we already know and and you know how doyle is he always tries to find the most negative shit to write about so you know i'm sure he'll find something from that and write about it and it'll, it'll be negative so that's just who he is and then you know that's that's what he wants to write that's his prerogative it's my prerogative to never read any of the garbage so If I ever need to see Greg Doyle or hear Greg Doyle, I'll watch that that interview that uh, he tried to give Jim Beheim after a Final Four loss. That's always my favorite (laughs) go-to clip of Greg Doyle getting absolutely destroyed by Jim Beheim. But that's just that's all another topic. But I just you know, as far as just you know, Carson, it was cool to see him with his family. Obviously, he loves his family, and you know, I thought his daughter was adorable and really sweet. And seeing Darius with his kids too, and how he kind of you know, unwinds after a game I thought was really cool. And, and just in general, I'm excited to see where the show goes. Hopefully, I'd like to see more, you know, film room stuff and and what goes on in the meeting rooms and stuff like that. And I'm sure they'll show that. But as a whole, I think it was a decent start. It wasn't the most entertaining show, but it was a decent start. And at the end of the day, man, it's be- – I mean, just seeing the production value – and and all that kind of stuff that comes with being on an HBO show. I mean, it's there's there's second to none when it comes to that kind of stuff. And uh so like you said, man, there were some great shots that shot out outside of Lucas Oil from mm-hmm. above when you saw the snow coming down it was right before the jags game when I know it snowed in Indy and that was awesome. That was a great shot. They got that. I mean, the way they they kind of got the, the guys on the sideline and, and all that stuff was, was really good. I mean, as far as, you know, the art of cinematography and all that kind of stuff, it was second to none. So uh, as far as the actual substance of the show, I'm hoping excuse more football for me personally. Um, but, you know, it's exciting to see the team that I've followed for so long since I think 1983 to be on the national stage and see behind the scenes. It, it, you know, it's hard to complain. You know what I mean? It's, it's cool to see. Uh, And I'm excited to see what's coming next. And I was going to say this, Luke. Um, Luke said earlier, we're might we probably not going to do a show, you know, reviewing every show. But if you guys want us to, tell us in the comments. I mean, because we do like to break up the monotony of the preview, review, preview, review. It's like the first five, last five. But, Chuck, listen, guys, first five, last five. Yeah, if you guys want us to review every show, I'm down to do it because I'm definitely going to watch every show. And I know Luke is as well. So if that's what you guys want to see or hear from us, we're, we'll gladly do it. Just in the comments, just let us know, do you want us to do one every week or do you would you rather us do one every, you know, because I think there's eight episodes. Maybe we could do one after each two, you know, that we see. It's it's up to you guys. Just thought I'd throw that out there because if the fans want it, Luke, that's I mean, that's really why we do the show. That's why so we do I it. figured I'd throw. Yeah. So I figured I'd throw that out there. So, guys, if you want to, you know, you want us to review it after every show, we'll, we'll do it. So just let us know in the comments. Absolutely. If you guys want it, we
1: will continue to provide reviews for the Colts in season hard knocks episode. So instead of review, preview, review, preview, we will do review, review, preview, review, review, preview, which is even harder to say than review. preview. It was fun, Jason. I enjoyed it. I had a good time and I had a good time talking about it. So we'll be back tomorrow with yet another preview Colts bills. What is it Jason? Week 11. Week 11, and this absurd. is a huge one, man. Ty- absurd. Tiebreaker
0: game. Huge tiebreaker. And-
1: There's a chance the New England Patriots win that division. Either way, we play Please. both of them. We play that right. whole division this year. So we're going to get a crack at both teams. The team we, we lose it. to is the team we're going to have to hope wins the division wins the- if we were to win right. lose to one. You know, but right now we have five losses. Let's concentrate on winning every game we can, starting this week with the Buffalo Bills, starting tomorrow with the Buffalo Bills, preview which we'll get to here on the for the culture podcast so that's my man jason spears i'm your host luke diamond hope you guys enjoyed it if you haven't watched it yet we probably spoiled the entire episode for you, but if you want to go watch what we just broke down and you made it this far into the podcast, which is the end of this podcast, go check it out. It's on HBO Max. If you don't have HBO Max, borrow it from a friend so you don't have to pay for HBO Max. And we'll be back tomorrow with the Colts-Bills Week 11 preview right here on the Fourth the Culture Podcast.